0: Hello, now this episode is to help you know what to look for in an architect's or a designer's quote and if you're receiving fee proposals from potential designers for your project and in fact you know any consultants that you might need on your team this episode is going to be great for you so many homeowners that I speak with they get caught out because they've signed up to an agreement with a designer and they've not understood their risks and as I said in the last episode you know many designers actually don't know how to create a decent fee proposal so I'll be sharing exactly what you should look for in your quote or fee proposal from an architect or a designer and how to protect yourself in your project as a result so let's go So join me now. Now, before we start, let me mention, I've actually created a free PDF for this episode and it includes a transcript of the entire podcast and it's also got a checklist that you can review your quotes against uh, my list of items that I'm going to be taking you through in this episode and I've actually included three extra bonus tips in that free guide that I don't have here in the podcast so that you can look for them in your designer's quote as well. So, you can print this PDF out and and have it beside you as you review your quote Um, uh, and go through and check it off and and write down any questions that you might have or i've actually made it interactive so you can type it in digitally and uh, have it on your screen and you can type that in and keep track of it that way and it'll help you keep you know co- uh, note of your questions and your comments on the quote and really review your quote thoroughly for your project so to get this free pdf guide head to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash quote checklist and i'll pop that link in the show notes as well. Well, so it's undercoverarchitect.com forward slash quote checklist. Now let's get on with the episode. So this is a question that I receive, I receive it so often from homeowners and also from members of my online programs. You know, what should I be looking for in an architect's or a designer's quote or fee proposal? And I you know I also receive inquiries from homeowners who they've hit an issue with their designer or architect as you know during the process of their project and they're really struggling to know what to do next and my advice always is you need to go back to your agreement and you need to see what options that you have based on what you signed up for you know often it's then that they'll unfortunately find out that the agreement that they signed is very gray and it doesn't really protect them when they need it to so I've got a I've put a list together for things to look for in your architects or your designers quote and to be frank these are the types of things that should be in any quote that you're receiving from any other consultants that you need on your team so it's a really good list to have with you as a check for any quotes that you're reviewing. Now, before I start, though, I'd like to explain it's worth understanding that designers don't actually get taught uh, how to do quoting during our design studies. You know, I know personally, I learned how to craft quotes and fee proposals by actually working in design practices. And it was largely when we were doing, you know, big submissions to large corporate clients because they would have really specific formats that they wanted to see our proposals in. Now, I've seen many architect and designer quotes in my time, particularly in the last few years in Undercover Architect, and, you know, some of them are just shocking, and they expose both the homeowner and the designer to a huge amount of risk. Look, this is fine when everything goes well, but if there's any discrepancy or frustration during the project, then it can be very difficult to understand next steps and what recourse you might have in your project. And the fee proposal and any agreement that you've signed in order to commission the work of the designer you know that becomes a contract for the services that you're paying for and when it's not well written it's it it can just cause massive problems what type of problems can it cause well let me share a scenario with you that I hear far too often when it comes to homeowners working with designers and this is not typical to architects it actually happens with building designers with interior designers with drafts people and I hear it across the board so, you know, you start out, your initial conversations, the designer seems great. They don't seem precious about, you know, a particular aesthetic or a particular design direction. They tell you that they're not fixed on any one style and that they'll design according to what you're seeking aesthetically for your home. They tell you that your budget is spot on and it's what you need to build or renovate the way that you're planning. They'll give you a time frame to execute your project and they're ready to start now. And so you sign on the dotted line. You know, things start well enough, but then things start to slow down. They're not responding to your phone calls or your emails, and they're missing deadlines that they promised. Or they're now telling you that your budget isn't enough, and they're not willing to have their personal reputation damaged because you want to design a budget project. And style-wise, they now have a specific vision for your project, and they really couldn't care less if it's how you wanted your home to look. They now seem precious about their reputation and their design style and their vision. They take feedback on really personally. They threaten to resign when you express your frustrations. They tell you that they own copyright and that you can't take the design anywhere else. You're backed into a corner, feeling bullied and battle-worn and and seriously feeling like you're funding the work of an egomaniac and you can't wait for the whole thing to be over and you to just be in your finished home already. And it's not the home that you've, dream- you've been dreaming of. You know, you're spending more than you wanted to. It doesn't look the way that you expected, but you're tired. You feel stressed every time you meet with the designer and during every conversation. You feel like you've got far too far into the process to turn around now. And anyway, you know, who would pick up the process now if you decided to terminate things with the existing designer? And so you keep paying your increasing bills. You're subjecting yourself to terrible service from a design professional, and they're only demonstrating Arrogance in their ability and very little respect towards you as a client. It sounds horrible, doesn't it? And it is. And unfortunately, it's a scenario that I hear far too often. And as I said, it's not typical to architects, it happens across the board. I've seen it with all members of the design profession, regardless of their qualifications. Some design professionals are just terrible at taking care of their clients. The good news in all of this, you are. Being informed is the key to not hiring these people in the first place or seeing the red flags early so that you can terminate things quickly. Now it starts with your quote or your fee proposal and the agreement that you sign with your designer. So let's look at what needs to be in it so that you can check this off for your project. I've got 10 things for you to look for in your architect's or designer's quote or fee proposal. So here goes. Number one is a reverse brief. So, a reverse brief is basically where the designer will reiterate back to you in writing what they understand it is that you're asking for or or wanting in your project. So, say you're renovating or extending your home, and you've said to them, you know, we want to add two bedrooms, we also want to add a master with an ensuite and a walk in robe, we want a new kitchen, etc., etc., you know, whatever it might be. And you may have even created a document yourself uh, to provide them with this information in writing, or perhaps you've shared it verbally with them via your initial conversations. The designer's quote should actually put that information together and and in writing and, and put it back to you so that everyone is clear that you're all on the same page for what your brief actually is. Now, what your brief is ultimately doing is it's describing the scope of works for your project. It's actually describing how much work the designer will need to do and how much work everybody else will be doing as well. And it also determines who else might need to be involved and what process your project might need to take, depending on what you're actually wanting to do. So it's really important that you read that reverse brief It's important that it's there in the first place, but it's important that you read it and that you confirm that it covers everything that you've discussed with them. And this way, you know that they're clear on what you're seeking to do with your home and you know that they've priced their fees on the basis of that brief. It's a really key thing to look for. And ideally, the reverse brief should be upfront in the architect's or designer's fee proposal or quote. And it provides an awesome platform for you to return to at any point in the project so that you know what you were asking for in the first place. Now, number two is your budget. So the next thing to look for in your quote is that they've included your budget. Look, this is, this is just, I can't, I can't, I can't emphasise how important this is. You know, I see lots of homeowners get caught out because they work with their designer and they actually tell them a budget up front and then it's not presented or written or included in writing anywhere in their agreement. Now if your budget isn't written in the fee proposal or in the fee agreement at the very beginning you as a homeowner will have very little recourse to go back to the designer if and when your project goes over budget and even if in every single meeting you're saying you know is this on budget and they're saying yes it is. So make sure that your budget is written into your quote or fee proposal so that you know that your designer is clear on what your budget actually is and it's included as part of your agreement because this will help you have that baseline to compare it to as the project progresses as well. Now, number three is your timeline. So hopefully you've had the discussion with your potential designer or architect, you know, as to the timeline that you want everything done by. And so that's useful to have included in your quote as well. A lot of designers, you know, the more experienced ones, and I used to do it when I did... Uh, fee proposals for full client services, will actually supply a program or a schedule for your project. So, for example, when I was doing my fee proposals, I would actually lay out a schedule that showed how stages were broken down and when the the client could expect drawings from me, what a, when approvals would be happening, and when construction could potentially start based on everything going smoothly. And this is really great for understanding how long a project can go for and also seeing that it's going to involve some time commitment from you that you'll need to plan your life around as well. So I really encourage you to ask for that schedule or program in your quote from your designer and it'll help you know as you move forward that you've got something to keep uh, going back to and keeping things on track. Now, number four is the stages of work, their fees, the deliverables, and the specific timelines. So, the designers or architects quote, it will, of course, include a total amount or cost for the work that they're intending on supplying as part of your quote. However, you know, design and documentation and construction work of a renovation um, and an extension or a brand new home – it'll occur in stages. And so the next thing to look at is how the fee quote has actually been broken down into these stages and the specific amounts that are being attributed to the stages of your project. Now, there's different terminology for each of the stages and those names will be based on who in the industry is using them. But it'll be things like, you know, concept design, then design development, then documentation, then construction. These may have different names. And I talk a lot more about this in my online programs, but it's really a case of you saying, that the fee is broken down into stages and that there's a fee attributed to each stage so that you can actually understand how things are going to roll out and your cash flow, uh, how that will work in paying for the work as as it progresses. Now, it's also important that you uh, understand what's known as the deliverables. So what are you physically going to be receiving at each of those stages. You know, what types of drawings will be issued? How far along a process will you be at the completion of each of the stages? You know, roughly how long will each of these stages take? And how often can you expect that you'll be meeting with your designer or architect during these stages? An experienced designer will actually describe what you can expect from working with them in each of these stages. And they'll describe what type of work occurs in that stage and the fees associated with that stage. They'll also describe whether invoicing will happen along the way uh, or at the completion of each stage and you know what you'll receive as well in drawings as part of that stage. And they'll also outline expectations around timing and even things like the number of meetings that you'll have and what will be expected of you as well at each stage of work. Now, number five is what's involved in terminating the agreement. So sometimes when even when you've started really well or you've got a really good feeling about the project overall at the outset and working with this designer you can reach a point where things stop going well Uh, or alternatively you may find that you know things change in their life or change in yours and you may need to sever ties at some point. So it's really important to check the quote to understand what's involved in terminating the agreement. Understand things like, you know, what drawings will you actually be able to walk away with? Where will you have to pay fees up to in order to do that? You know, if you take the work to someone else partway through the project, what will be expected in terms of your obligations back to the original designer? And will you actually be able to take the drawings away at all? Sometimes I've seen homeowners get really surprised because they've wanted to terminate At a specific point, but the agreement that they signed has a clause in it that they actually have to pay ahead in order to be able to walk away with drawings, and they've just missed that in the fine print. And it's always worthwhile when you're signing any agreement to picture what the worst case scenario might be, because if things don't work out, then you can know that you're protected. So as I said, this isn't specific to architects. You know, I recently met a man who'd actually worked with an in-house design team uh, that was part of a building company as part of preliminary work that he was doing in order to get his home built by this building company. Now, this building company, they advertise the fact that they provided these in-house design services and they create a quote for your build at the same time. And I see many building companies will pitch this service and a lot of homeowners like it because they feel that they have confidence in the design, uh, that it's being developed and that it will match the budget as they're creating that design overall. However, what many homeowners miss, and this man did as well, is the fine print in the agreement that they sign. So he worked with the designers on his design, got it quoted along the way, and the building quote started to creep up, you know. So he he went and sought a competitive quote from another builder, and that builder quoted this project at $160,000 less than the company that he was working with. And that's a sizable chunk of money, isn't it? So, of course, he now doesn't want to use the building company that he's been working with uh, and go somewhere else. Uh, But He's found out that the fine print says that the builder always owns the design and doesn't permit you to take them elsewhere. And so now he's negotiating with that building company to be able to take the designs that they've created for him to someone else. And that's looking like it's going to cost $30,000. You know, that's more that many architects would have desi- would have charged to do the design work for him and for him to independently own the drawings. So it's always worth reading the fine print of any agreement that you're signing and really understanding what that will mean for you. Now, number six is an idea of who else you will need on board. Look, it's great when a fee proposal or quote actually outlines who else you might need on board as part of getting your project designed or drawn, approved and ready for construction. And experienced designers will actually list this out based on your project and what you've outlined that you want to do. Uh, They'll give you a list of the other consultants that you'll require. So, for example, you know, you might need a structural engineer, a private certifier, um, perhaps a town planner, you know, the quote, should also show whether the designer is going to help you source these consultants and whether they're going to coordinate their work as well and if it's not in the quote then don't assume that the designer will be helping you uh, with that consultant coordination because it's more likely if it's not included that that you're going to be responsible for finding these consultants and coordinating all of their work yourself and if you're curious about what these consultants might do I really encourage you to go back and listen to season four of the podcast we went through uh, and did an interview with consultants from all parts of the industry that are the most likely types of roles that you'll need if you're renovating or building, and they give a great insight into the work that they do and how uh, they get involved in your project, and also when they get involved in your project. And it's really important that you understand what team members you're going to need up front so that you can budget for them because the worst thing that happens is that you you know get an idea about what you're all of your fees are going to cost and then you get a surprise that you need to spend a few thousand dollars on this consultant or this consultant and you haven't budgeted for it in the process but it actually holds up your ability to keep rolling with your project so head back to season four if you haven't listened to it Um, there's some really great information in that season about knowing your team and how to work with these professionals really well Now, number seven is what's not included in the quote. So look for a list in the quote about what it doesn't include. So perhaps it 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 won't include things like your actual council approval costs or inquiries with the local council. Say you submit your approval and then the council comes back with a bunch of questions. You know the designer might exclude uh, the fees associated with responding to those questions. Uh, It might exclude things like a certain uh, drawings beyond a certain number of sets uh, or a certain size Uh, and then there might be other specific work that's listed out as exclusions and this is going to be really helpful for you so that you can budget for any other items that you know that you will need uh, as part of getting your renovation or your new building project done. Now, number eight is the design team and their hourly rates. So, you may find that there's going to be work that happens during the course of your project that will be outside of the scope of works uh, and, and that that will need to be charged to you as hourly rates. So, have a check that your architect's or your designer's quote or fee proposal actually includes the hourly rates of the various team members. So, this should include anybody that might be working on your project, such as a junior team member or a drafts person, or if they've got an in-house interior design. Just look at what, you know, that there's hourly rates listed out. And the quote should also identify who's going to be your main point of contact for the project. I've, you know, I've had many homeowners complain to me that they got this beautiful show from the business owner at the beginning, um, only to rarely see him or her for most of their project, and to be dealing day to day with the junior architect. So the process of working with a designer or an architect it's a really intimate one, where you're building a relationship with them across the course of your project. So it's really important that you meet and you know who you'll be working with for your renovation or your new build project and that you're happy um, with them being on your team and being your point of contact as well because that that relationship and that ability to communicate uh, with them is going to be really important. Now, number nine is insurance, registration and agreements. So, you should also check that insurance is identified in their quote. So, this will be professional indemnity and public liability insurance and it's important that they have it. You know, if they don't and things go wrong with the work that they design where they are found to be at fault, it will be very difficult for you to get financial compensation if they don't have any insurance. Now, also, if you think that you're working with an architect and they're not registered with the board of architects, then you're not working with an architect, okay? You're actually working with a designer. So only a registered architect can use the title architect and claim to be providing architectural services. I get I see homeowners get caught out by this all the time. They've either assumed that their designer is an architect or even their, their designer has represented themselves as an architect. You can always jump on the Board of Architects website and you can actually check this out and confirm that they are registered and it's the individual that will be registered, not the business. Okay. Now, and I'm actually seeing lately, there's loads of businesses popping up that claim to provide architectural services or architectural design services. And the way that they're actually structured and running is that they'll have one architect in charge at the top, and then they'll have a bunch of draftspeople and building designers who are often freelancers, uh, and they're farming out the design work to those uh, freelancers. And by law... It's actually not allowed to be called Architect designed unless it's been designed by a registered architect. This is all covered in a um, you know in a in a government code. so it's really important that you understand that um, so that you actually are you know working with people that are representing themselves uh, with integrity and legally correct about what they're calling themselves. Now you also want to understand if the fee proposal or the quote that you're reviewing, is actually what you're signing as a means of committing to the project or is there another agreement or contract that you're going to be needing to sign in order to commission the work. For example, some architects, they'll use a client architect agreement that the Australian Institute of Architects has put together uh, or they may have actually created their own legal document. And so you, you need to request to see that before committing to the fee proposal because that may have a whole series of other conditions in it that you'll need to get some legal advice on or understand in more detail. Now, finally, number 10 is... Is the fee fixed or is it a percentage of construction cost? Now you may think that this is obviously going to be the first thing that you look for and ideally it is, but I wanted to mention that last so that it stays with you, okay? Now I've written a blog about why architects charge percentage fees and what to expect uh, in regards to that. So I'll pop a link in the show notes for that blog so that you can read it in more detail. However, to summarise, let me explain it like this. Many architects will provide you with a quote that's actually identified as a percentage of your construction cost. So it will depend on how much your project budget is and the complexity of your job as to what the percentage that they choose is. Now it's generally between 9% and 15% for full services, so right through the whole project, and then that will get broken up into stages. Now, a smaller construction budget will not necessarily mean a smaller percentage. In fact, it's it can be the reverse the smaller the budget, the bigger the percentage uh, because often smaller jobs require just as much work as larger ones. There's a point where you get to an economy of scale and as a result the percentage of construction budget can come down. Now many homeowners believe and tell me that they feel like a percentage fee just means that an architect has no incentive to meet your budget. Your budget goes up, you know, so they get paid more. So, of course, they're going to design a more expensive building for you, so they get more money and fees, right? Well, no, in my experience, it's not the case, not with experienced and professional architects, okay? You know, and if you think about it, architects that continually blow the budgets of their clients are not going to continue to get work. And it's a, the first question that you should ask a, a designer is, Do you are you able to meet budget on your projects? And if they say, look, no, then... It's a case of understanding why that happens. And that blog post that I mentioned, that the link will be in the show notes, that explains a lot more information about it, okay? So it's really worth checking it out. But there's a couple of things that are worth realising here. Now, a percentage fee structure, it actually gives you the flexibility as the client to change things. Look, if you're working to a fixed fee arrangement where the architect or designer has had to estimate upfront what they believe it will take to complete your project, and along the course of that, you want to change the scope of work then all work has to stop while an architect works out how much extra it will cost in fees in order to do the work that you're asking for as extra. Uh, And then it will get put into a proposal in writing, then you have to review it and you have to approve it, and then the designer or architect is able to proceed with that work. And so what a percentage fee enables is a much simpler and smoother process in managing this flexibility around the changes of scope because it becomes instead a conversation of, well, you want to change this, you understand the construction budget's going to go up, our fee will go up, everybody goes, yep, 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 yep. Gets put, you know, little note in the file, and then people just keep going. So it's a very it's a very different exercise and a percentage fee enables projects to keep running more smoothly. Now another complaint can be, you know, why should my architect get paid more if I'm choosing an $80 tile versus a $40 tile? Because of course, an $80 tile is going to change the construction budget compared to a $40 tile. Look, that's fair, but to be frank, again, it's very rare that this will be the reason that your construction budget changes. And many architects actually don't change their fees on this basis, uh, you know, of those very small selection changes. So it's more likely to change because you decide that you need an extra room in the house or you can't even you can't keep the floor area down in size in uh, the in the proposals that the architect is presenting to you because you want a bigger house Uh, or perhaps you want louvered windows and bifold doors everywhere which will make a significant change to the cost of the build you know there'll be other things that radically change the construction budget so it's more likely to be those types of things that impact the change in fee not you deciding whether you're going to spend money on an $80 tile or a $40 tile. Now, in regards uh, to what to look for in your free proposal or quote, I really encourage you to examine the terms of how the percentage fee is being charged. The thing about percentage fees is that they move when your construction costs do. As I said, so if your budget or construction quotes go up, then your architectural fees will go up as well. And many agreements will state that you'll be back charged to a specific point in fees uh, when this happens because of the work that's already been done, obviously, and what that work is reflecting in a change to the budget. So, you know, this can be a really challenging thing to manage in the duration of your project. Uh, and the quote point, the point of look, reviewing the quote, that's when you have the opportunity to discuss this openly with your potential architect or designer before signing on the dotted line and running these type of scenarios through, okay? It's really important to understand from them how they're going to keep your budget on track and manage their fees as well. So you want to see that they have a process for this and they have experience in delivering projects like yours on budget overall, okay? And that, this is your chance to discuss that with them. So as I said, check out the link in the show notes for that blog about why architects charge percentage fees, because it'll give you some more information about this topic. You know, when I did full services, I always charged fixed fees because I felt that it set up a better relationship with the homeowner from the start. Uh, Some architects will do a fee proposal either way. They'll do it in fixed fees or they'll do it in percentage fees for you. It's really worth understanding how this whole process of fee calculation works so that you can see what's going to be best fit for you and for your project. Okay, so that's the 10 things to look for in your designers or architects' quote or fee proposal. So let's go through that list again. So number one was a reverse brief. Number two is your budget. Number three is your timeline. Number four is the stages of work, the associated fee breakdown, the deliverables and their timelines. Number five is what's involved in terminating the agreement. Number six is an idea of who else you'll need on board. Number seven is what's not included in the quote. Number eight is the team and the hourly rates. Number nine is insurance, registration and agreements. Number 10 is, is the fixed fee, is the fee a fixed one or is it a percentage of construction costs? And that's it. And you know, I really hope that you found that helpful and make sure that you head to the show notes because I've got some extra resources in in there to help you uh, navigate this process and to really understand the difference uh, in design professionals, why they charge the way that they do, and some other really helpful information there that you can check out. And remember also that I've created a free PDF for this episode, so it includes a transcript of the podcast and it's also got a checklist so that you can review your quotes against this list of 10 items. And I've also included three extra bonus items in there that I didn't include in the podcast. So you can have a look for those in your designers or architects quote as well. Now, you can print out this PDF and you can fill it out as you review your quote. You can type in digitally as well, it's an interactive PDF, and it'll really help you keep note of your questions and your comments on the quote and review it really thoroughly for your project. So make sure you grab your free PDF at www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash quote checklist. Okay, undercoverarchitect.com forward slash quote checklist and I'll pop that link in the show notes too. Now, in the next episode, I'll be answering some commonly asked questions from the UA community. I've done this type of episode a couple of times before. It's always super popular. So make sure you tune in next time. Perhaps one of the questions might be yours. Now, be sure to spend time on undercoverarchitect.com. You can get loads of support and guidance on how to create a home that works for you. And there's, of course, all of the previous podcast episodes. And there's also over 150 blog posts as well with extra information and guidance. You know what? Your most powerful asset in your project is you. You hold the key to unlocking what is possible for your home, your budget and the outcome that your renovation or new build will create for you. You being an informed homeowner is seriously the difference between a great project and a disaster. It's what will help you have clarity and confidence in finding the best team, knowing how to ask for what you want and being sure you get what you pay for and getting it right in your future home. An undercover architect is your secret ally. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. Bye.